we are talking about destroying household enemies and today we want to go to part two we continue with what we began but i want to recap i want to do some few few few, few words i want to speak some few things uh, so that you can understand and i want you to know and i want you to know one of the reasons why the church is not growing is because of the church itself it's because of uh, the reason why the church is growing is because of the church the church that is supposed to be aggressive we have forgotten our calling we have forgotten our commitment to the call of what we have been called to do and once we have come to the house of god we have ended up bringing allowed ourselves into groups and friendship and and, and and meetings people can even meet people a lot of people can meet in church just to meet and not do anything that will bring glory to god they will not do anything to advance the cause of the gospel when they meet they will not pray when they meet nobody will read a scripture when they meet they will discuss negative things about the church and they are believers all of them are believers by the time they part by the time they part they have not they have not their meeting did not glorify god are we together with you i don't know i don't know how many meetings you have met i you have attended the last one month and whether they glorify god i don't know the kind of people you have been talking to the last one month and what you are talking about i don't know what kind of vision you have for the year when we talk about the great catch i don't know what kind of mystic because the problem of our our issue that god god is going to help us to understand is that every believer is a soul winner every believer and if you're a member of this church and you have no agenda to win soul there is an error in your life are we together with you because any person that jesus has forgiven her or him their sin they're supposed to seek for other people for their sin to be forgiven also you are supposed to be an agent of bringing change in the house of God. Somebody should, should desire to come to church because of you. Somebody should admire being a member of a church because of your life. Hallelujah. So, but when we talk about household enemies, we are talking about that the enemy of the body of Christ is inside the body of Christ. And God must help us. And I will show you biblically, with biblical examples of people's destiny that were stopped because there was an evil scheme to make these people not to accomplish their God-ordained destiny. Any man and woman listening to me, you have a God-ordained destiny. That God-ordained destiny, it must be protected from household enemies. It must be protected from schemes of the devil. It must be protected from laxity, from our generational laxity. We are having a generation that cannot pray for 10 minutes. We are having a generation that cannot read the word of God and get some insight and get some encouragement. The, we have a generation that want to pay somebody money so that that person can pray for them. But they remain church. The enemy of the church is inside the church. The enemy of the family is inside the family. It, they are called household enemy. And I say, and we read 
and we and we read in the book of Matthew chapter 10 verses chapter 6. Because these are very powerful sermon. These are powerful teachings that you need to capture. And you need to take it very seriously. What I am teaching you here today, you will remember this teaching even after 20 years. Because this, these things are going nowhere. 20 years from today, what I am teaching will be relevant for you. And you will see it. You remember, you will see me preaching on this altar. You remember me. It will come like a dream. And you see today and you say, okay, this is what pastor was saying. This is what our pastor was saying. This is what pastor meant. This is what pastor was speaking about. Are we together with you? The Bible says, can we read together with you? One, two, three. And a man's enemy will be those of his own household. A man's enemy. Yeah. The people who are likely to betray you. They're just people next to you. The people who are likely to leave you in danger and to leave you for destruction are people who exactly knows you. The people who are likely to work out for your downfall are people that you have worked with, people you have stayed with, people you have put your life in their life, people who have, people you have poured yourself over them. You have poured yourself over their life. And they can one day wake up and become your worst enemy. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Are we together with you? Imagine the person who betrayed Jesus was with him for three and a half years. Amen? The person who betrayed Jesus was with Jesus. They were walking together. Yes. They walked together. They stayed together. They ate together. They stood. They went for meeting together until he was trusted, even with money, even with whatever was collected in their mission. He, he, was, he was carrying that money. And one day he woke up and decided to betray his master and his master was crucified on account of a together with you. And I told you also that in the book of Micah, Micah chapter 7 and verses 5, the book of Micah chapter 7 verses 5, if you read King James Version, King James KJV, and I want us to read together with you. One, two, three. Trust ye not in a friend. Put ye not confidence in a guide. Keep the doors of thy mouth from her that lieth in thy bosom. Verse 6. Verse 6 says what? I want you to read verse 6. Let's read together all of us loud and clear. One, two, three. For the son dishonoreth the father. The daughter riseth up against her mother. The daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemy are the men of his own. You see another one in the Old Testament. A man's enemy are men of his own house. A man's enemy. Hallelujah. Are we together with you? Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying? And I told you that household enemy refer to someone that know you very well. 
and is engaging in household wickedness against you. It's somebody who knows you very well. And he, he uses household wickedness. Because many households have wickedness. There are people who initiate or bring to operation those wickedness. Yes. They know you very well. Hallelujah. So, it's good to understand that. And in the book of Matthew chapter 13 verses 28. Matthew chapter 13 verses 28. Matthew chapter 13 verses 28. Matthew 13 chapter 28. Say, he said to them, an enemy has done this. An enemy, this work is not the work of a man. There is an enemy. And the enemy is within. The enemy, only way for, the enemy is only waiting for you to sleep, to close your eyes. And then he do something. And what the enemy does, our relationship will never be the same again. People you used to talk very freely, you cannot talk very freely. You realize somebody you used to meet and, and, and talk and smile and share. All of a sudden, there is a distance. That distance has, that distance, it is the work of the enemy. Somebody who could not stay for a week without saying, Pastor, how are you doing? Or how I am doing well. My, my life is thick. This is what is happening. Why? That distance is the work of the enemy. Somebody said, an enemy has done this. Yes. Somebody who, if you missed church, you felt bad. If you did not get involved in somebody's activity, you felt, you, you felt so, you have wronged. You, you felt as if you can walk and go and meet that person and encourage him. Today, nothing. You don't feel anything. Even if you stay two Sundays without coming to church. Even if you don't even see any member of church, you can stay for a whole week. And you don't care. There is nothing in, inside your life. Somebody say an enemy has done this. An enemy? The work of the enemy, the work of the enemy is to make sure he separates you from the help that you can receive. And after he separates you, he destroys you. By the time we are coming for you, you are destroyed. By the time you are coming for you, you are destroyed. Hallelujah. What did the job, what did the job say? No, not even job. Even the book of Psalms. We, we, read, we read from the book of Psalms 49 verses 9. Psalms 49 verses 9. Let's look at this. What does the Bible say? Can we read together with you? One, two, three. Even my own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, who ate bread, has lifted up his heel against me. Amen? They have lifted up their head, their heel against me. In the book of Job, the book of Job 19 verses 14. The book of Job. What does the Bible say? Can we read together with you? One, two, three. My relatives, my close friend, have forgotten me. Your relative fail, fails you, and your close friend leaves you, you are done. You will be in the heart of strangers. Huh? Do you remember that guy that was beaten and left for dead? And the priest came. And left him. And the rabbi came. And. But a good. Who was astray. 
a stranger. The people whose responsibility was to take care of this man that was wounded, they ran away. They failed him. It was their work to pick up that man. They saw him as a bother. They saw him as a hindrance to their life. They left him for dead. But a stranger who was a Samaritan, he came and picked that man, took him to an, a hotel, bandaged him, looked for food, talked to the owner of the hotel, told the hotel owner that take care of this person. And he paid some money for him. And he told this person, even if this person uses more money than the one I have left, I, you can take it. I will come to pay the difference when I come. That was a stranger. When an enemy is in operation, he makes the people that are supposed to be on your side to forget you. He makes your own friends to forget you. And also, your own people, relative, they fail you. They will never stand for you. You'll be alone. If God, by his grace and mercy, he doesn't bring a stranger, I pray for the miracle of Samaritan in your situation. I pray for a miracle of Samaritan in your situation. Let's look at some examples of what the enemy has done. The household enemy. And we saw one, I talked about two. To continue from there, I want to talk about five. I wanted to share about five examples, biblical examples of household enemy. And I want you to be very serious with what I am teaching. And I have told you again and I will repeat. What I am teaching you, even 20 years from today, I can come and preach again. Because you remember me. You remember and you say, Pastor, you are being spoken to by God for me. You were sent for me. Hallelujah. Number one. Examples. We, we talked about Rebecca. Rebecca's secretary gave out a garment of glory and blessing of her first son, Esau, to her young son, Jacob. And that is in Genesis 27. Genesis 27 verses 15. Genesis. Number one is Rebecca. Genesis 27 verses, examples of, of household enemy. Rebecca was a household enemy. Between husband and wife and children, Rebecca, the wife, the mother, the mother, she changes, she becomes a vessel to turn aloud the life of a person. Amen? We must be very careful. Then Rebecca took the choice cloth of her elder son, Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. Verses 27. Verses 27. I want us to jump to verses 27. Verses 27. What does it say? Can we read together? One, two, three. And he came near and kissed him. And he smelled the smell of his clothing. And blessed him and said, Surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord 
has blessed. Amen? He smelled. Imagine. It was supposed to be a sow that was supposed to be blessed. But it is Jacob that was blessed because of a household enemy called Lebeka. Amen? Yes. And from there, the life of a sow was in, was in trouble because of one, one error or one, one scheme of a wicked mother. Of a wicked mother. It is the mother who changed the destiny of this man. A sow problem began from inside. It was not from outside. It was from inside. Amen? Higher. Jacob is another example. Because after now, Rebecca has done error. That curse, that pattern, that wickedness started to, started to learn in the bloodline. That the, that the, that, that, that the element of, of wickedness, there is somebody born with a wickedness because it was started up there. Look at what happened to Jacob. The second person, number two, is Jacob. And in the book of Genesis 48 and verses 14, Genesis 48 and verses 14 up to 20, the Bible says, also you are descendant. Genesis 48, 14. Then Israelite stretched out his light hand and laid it on Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand on Manasseh's head, guiding his hand knowingly, for Manasseh was firstborn. Let's continue. Verses 15. And he blessed Joseph and said, God be... Can we read together? One, two, three. And he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my father Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has fed me all my life long to this day. Verse 16. The angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the Lord. Let my name be named upon them and the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Verse 17. Now when Joseph saw that his father laid his light hand on the head of Ephraim, it displeased him. So he took hold of his father's hand to, uh, to, to, to remove it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. Verses 18. And Joseph said to his father, Not so, my father. For this one is the firstborn. Put your light hand on his head. Verses 19. But his father refused and said, I know my son. I know he also shall become a people. And he also shall be great. But truly, his younger brother shall be greater than he. And his descendant shall become a multitude of nations. Verses 20 and the last one. So, 
he blessed them that day, saying, By you, Israel will bless, saying, May God make you as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And that he set Ephraim, that is another household enemy. Amen. The person who liked free, who liked free, qualify for blessing, is denied those blessings because of household enemy. Somebody say amen. The blessings are yours. You are the person who fit that position. You are the one that God has earmarked and raised. And God in his own planning, he has positioned you into a place. But because of a household enemy, there is something working inside. You are not given what, what you deserve. You are given less than what you deserve. But tonight, by the authority of Christ, every household enemy is going to die. There shall rise up a confusion that the household enemy cannot see the light of the day. Somebody say the amen. Number three, King Saul. And I want you to listen to the Brethren, when I read the story of King Saul, I am so keen to understand some secret. Let you see. And I will tell you something. Let me, even before I give you the scripture. I want to tell you something. When Saul realized that David was rising up and he was becoming very powerful, somebody get this message very clearly. Let it help you. Let it help your daughters. Let it help your sons. Let it help your family people. If you have a friend, I want you to share this message with them. In particular, the story of King Saul. And I want you to see how David's problem started because of a household enemy. Household? And we are here to destroy household enemies. In the book of First Samuel, chapter 18, Verses 20. I will read several verses. We will read about, we will read up to verses 28. And I want you to see that King Saul, in order to trap and snare David, he used his daughter to be married by David. King Saul giving David his daughter, he did not give David his daughter as a wife. He gave his daughter as a snare. It was a trap. Are you getting what I'm saying? In fact, King Saul realizes, now the only way I can catch and destroy David is to make sure he's married to my daughter. I, I'll, have, I'll be higher and I'll decide about him. Yes. Marriage, and I'll say this, if you are not married, thank God. Let me just say so. If you are not married, if you are not 
to somebody who is not married, tell your neighbor, thank God you are not married. You, are, you, are, you can come out of the, sna the snare. You can escape the snare. But if you are married and there was a snare, you are in trouble. I am telling you, you are in trouble. And only by God's mercy and grace, you come out of that trouble. David was set up a snare by King Saul. Because King Saul looked at David and he realized David is powerful. David has ability. David has money. David is excited. David is loved. David cannot be ignored. David is handsome. David is a great man. What can I do? I'll give him my daughter. He will come and bow at my feet. When you marry somebody's daughter, you become a son. You become a son. And a father and a son, a father has authority over the son. It doesn't care whether you are a king. You will be at the feet of that father. Let's read. I talk to you. So that those young men that are here, that you're not married, before you marry, ask yourself, am I marrying a snare? Because if you marry a snare, I guarantee you, the rest of your life, you pay the price. And I'll show you how David paid the price. Yes. Let's read together, all of us, quickly. One, two, three. Now, Miko, Saul's daughter, loved David. And they told Saul the thing priest him. Wakamwambia Saul, who msichana wako anapenda Daudi. Saul wakasema, wow. Plan zangu zimeingiana, misholo yangu imeiva. Binu zangu zimekamata. Eh? Deal. It is a deed. It is a deal. Let's go to verses 21. What does the Bible say? Let's all of us read quickly and, and with understanding. One, two, three. So Saul said, I will give her to him that she may be a snare to him, that the heart of the Philistine may be against him. Therefore, Saul said to David a second time, You shall be my son in law today. That you shall. That he shall be a snare. Imagine. Household wickedness. This is a king. And he, he's looking at a person. Who can overthrow him in the kingdom. He said I will kill you before. You become to the king. I will give you my daughter. And the dowry I will ask. Or where I will commit you to do. You will die in the process. Are we together with you? As a snake? Did you see that? Can we read again there? And I'm talking to people who are married and who are. If you are married as a snare, I'm telling you you are in trouble. Look at the people next to you. If you look at their eyes, you can see this one. Just look at them. You may have been put in a snare. It was a snare. And the purposes of snare is to kill your destiny. Is to curtail, is to frustrate, is to finish 